we have these phrases in society like, oh, I have a heart for this. I have a heart for feeding the poor. You have that interest for some reason. And there probably are some ties in your own life to the things that you encountered, the things you experienced, the things that you learned about. And so great, do that thing. It's a healing loop where you're pouring energy and resources into other people, but it keeps feeding you because you have or had that same need. Do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb. Uh, I want to talk about something that, again, I always come up with these things, these ideas, Tyler, that are hard to title. Uh, being intentionally good. Do you have a better way of saying that? Like, don't be an asshole. Oh, yeah, don't be an asshole. That's a, that's a good one, right? Because I mean, as a coach, I'll tell my clients that too. Hey, I'm going on vacation. All right, you know, have fun, but don't be an asshole. <laughs> so, you know, being in here, here's what I came up with. There are two or three stories that that brought this to my attention. Uh, one of them was you directly. I, I used that phrase communicating to you. And then I said, hey, man, that would be a great topic for a podcast. But um, over, the, over the weekend at our fantasy camp, a, a couple guys had conversations with me. One of them said, dude, like, I literally owe you my life. You, I, I owe you my life. He, you know pacing around his his house with a gun he was going to commit suicide long story you know he reached out to me and i called him immediately and we we have a friendship that is conducive to that kind of care another guy um you know said man i there's just not another man on this planet that i love or respect more than you that's how much you mean to me and you know two or three people in this conversation were saying joe you have you have more impact on people than you think like you have no idea how you impact people Another one of my friends who, you know, she she's known me for a long, long time. She was just sitting there watching all this, this like bromance stuff go on. And she's like, holy shit, like what a dynamic. Um, and she started talking like, like, Joe, why do you think guys and specifically guys who had absent fathers, who had no fathers and they just – they don't have a real strong father figure in their lives. That's that's part of the impetus that has pulled them in, which is also not new. Like dozens of guys in my life have expressed that. And I said, man, um, intellectually, I think I can answer that. And it's because I'm so interested in fatherhood. I've written a book about it. I, I made that my thesis and my master's in, in professional writing, the interge intergenerational impact of fatherhood. And part of it's because of my dynamic with my father, the fact that he didn't have a father, the fact that my grandchild, you know, has an absent divorced father, like these things. And then I see guys like this who struggle for their entire lives. I've been with 60 year old men weeping because they still don't have their father's approval at 60 fucking years old. And and I said, I, you know, part of it is just. I'm a good guy. I think like, like people are attracted to somebody who feels stable and who actively cares. Like they, they know altruistically I'm not BSing when I say I care about you. I want to be there for you. I want to do something. And so that got me on this whole topic of just being actively somebody that other people want to be around. They trust because you are 
intentionally doing good when you don't have to. Somebody brought that up at one of these conversations. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to be that guy, but you constantly are. And I don't, I don't want to make that all about that theme, but um, there, there's a couple of places I want to go. And I'm just curious your initial thoughts when I brought up this topic. Well, Joe, I'm here to tell you, you suck. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Balance just the kidding. scale a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got to balance it out here. Yeah. Has getting a little bit too big here on uh, on your end. No, no, I I know you don't say that um, any of that stories for for your own, um, you know, whatever you want to call it for your own. It's not prideful, right? Um, yeah, I think it's as much a you... surprise to me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's in that one area. Um, you know, right. it's like there there's a dynamic there that I'll get back to. That's very that's more intentional on my side than I thought. But but yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, I I think you just you do bring up a lot of a lot of good thoughts and a lot of good points. And you know, I think of you know some other people that you know I tend to you know you get just drawn to, and people are drawn to, and you look at you know the characteristics of those people, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's just they're unintentionally just good. Like that's just kind of that's just who they are. You know, we've talked a lot about on this podcast and how. You know, if we want to become someone, we say, you know, you want to say, okay, I am this, right? Like that's how we are going to develop that that core principle of ourselves. And yeah, you look at a lot of people that, you know, you, you almost, you know, your natural leaders, uh, you know, people just get drawn to, kind of sucked into their orbit almost. Yeah, they. One of the most common themes you see is that they're always they're always there to help. They're always he has a very calm demeanor. Um, you know, not, it doesn't seem like very much will will ruffle them or, or get them off their game. And you brought up having that balance and that stability. And, um, you know, I think it almost comes a lot from, you know, them knowing themselves a whole lot to, again, we've kind of talked about in, in the past, you can kind of then start to shift that perceptive perception a little bit more and out more out more outwards than inwards. Um, and yeah. So yeah, I think some really good points. And I think something that we could all kind of have more at the forefront of our minds, just as we go about our daily lives and, and, you know, who we interact with, how we interact. Um, because yeah, like you just don't know the impact that you do have. And, and, and um, you never know, you know, what's going to be helpful and, and what's going to help someone get, you know, along in their journey and, and get over, you know, whatever they might be going through. Well, so this other friend of mine who is watching this, she took me to a place where I had never been. I, I never considered what I'm about ready to tell you. Um, you know that when you do something altruistically or intentionally good, there's generally something in it for you. Just the fact that you are being nice, somebody's going to express gratitude. Th their happiness makes you feel good. So, you know, they're, 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 you, you almost can't be 100% altruistic because there's always something in it for you. And so when she asked me why I do that, uh, you know, my thing was, well, again, intellectually, I, I know people who are suffering through this and, and I get it and I want to help relieve some of that pain. I want to help give them confidence and, and some stability. And she said, well, what about in your life? She said, and this is the phrase that, that was profound. She said, healing works both ways. If you are actively helping somebody heal and you've made that choice to be in that healing loop, then you're usually trying to heal the same thing in yourself. 
And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, like, like I, I, I didn't want to say, like, I, I, I'm going to need to think about this for a little bit. But I, instantly I thought, wow, oh, my gosh, you're right. Because I had this great relationship with my father that kind of in my later years have made me marvel because he did not have a father. And he was such a great, unbelievably good dad in an era where dads weren't intentionally good. And yet he didn't even have any kind of a role model for that. So it's always made me like, wow. So that's part of why I like this topic. The other part is because I saw my mom attack him his entire life. He was never good enough. Everything wrong in the family was his fault. She was incredibly negative and just everything, even after he died, was just negative, negative, negative. So when you're five, six, 10 years old and you see your father as your hero, larger than life, this great guy, and yet he's being viciously attacked your whole life by the other person you love, your mother. I, I don't know what that does to a four-year-old or a 10-year-old, but when I was old enough to realize what was happening, like there was a huge amount of resentment. And I had to realize that I'm hypercritical to any kind – I'll perceive anything as an attack if you talk about – my role as a father or in my family, because that is actively my number one goal in life. So if I hear any criticism in that way, I, it sends me just off because I'm st- I, I'm still trying to protect my dad. I'm still trying to avoid being the person who receives that criticism like my dad did. So when she said that, I instantly knew all that, but I also know like, holy, like this is a can of worms that I wasn't prepared to open, you know, on a Saturday night at midnight in a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to take this home and think about it for a while. Yeah, I have to call my therapist. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So I'm, I'm intentionally trying to be somebody, a, a point of stability for these men, because I'm trying to be that point of stability for myself and for my father. Also, that's what's in it for me. It's that healing loop. So here's my point to that, Tyler. We we have these phrases in society like, oh, I have a heart for this. I have a heart for saving kittens. I have a heart for feeding the poor. Right. You, you have that interest for some reason. And there probably are some ties in your own life, probably in childhood, to the things that you encountered, the things you experienced, the things that you learned about. And so great, do that thing. Like it's a healing loop where you're you're pouring energy and resources into other people, but it keeps feeding you because you have or had that same need. That's not a bad thing. Do it. Like roll with that loop. And maybe you can even make it more intentional so that you're you're sinking even deeper into that intentional good. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's kind of almost like um you know, you, the, the more you talk about something, the better you start to understand it. Right. You know, we, we always say that with presentations, you talk to, you know, public speakers, you know, practice, you're going to have a better understanding of it. You know, you get more insights maybe. And I think it's kind of that, almost that same idea of that loop where you're sharing in within that communication of your own experience. And there's just something I think so powerful with that, where, just being able to like communicate it out loud can almost have, like you said, that, that loop where it kind of almost rebounds back to you and you said it perfectly. You start to sink deeper into that because you're, you're healing, you're having a continued better understanding of yourself and you're just seeing that, 
that whole process kind of go through from beginning to end where you are then just to have, you know, that intentionality and have that confidence to, to, to do that for people and to, to be like that for people. And it just kind of continues to grow on itself. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's certainly where areas where the way I react certainly has to do with, you know, my upbringing and things that, you know, I'm starting, you know, working through and starting to understand better and how basically like I grew up and how that is now you know, starting to affect, not starting to, but how it affects me, how, you know, I'm a dad now and how, you know, I am intentional in, in certain ways. And yeah, I think you're just starting to, to see that and, you're starting to see that in other people as well. You know, I think you kind of just start to see these things on how maybe they react. You're like, Hey, you know what? That's kind of something similar. And, you know, it, you can just then bring that goodness into their life and, and start to have that healing loop. And, and it can, it can then start reaching new orbits. For example, after coming to some of these realizations in my forties about the dynamic between my mom and dad, you know, I, I, again, initially had some anger and resentment toward my mother. And then I realized, okay, wait a second. Like she was a stay at home mom with five savage kids and no social connections. Like she had to be so fucking depressed and just, you know, you, you start kind of losing yourself and your ties to reality when you spend 30 years just sequestered in that position, which is one of the reasons why I very early wanted my wife to go have her own identity away from the kids. Like I started pitching in more with the kids. Like, please, like you go out with friends, you do this, you do that. Cause you can't become that person. You're not going to be good for anybody in the family or yourself. And so I was able to then extend some of that goodness, even toward the people that were kind of the villains in that story. But you know what, this is something that Outside of even that realization, I have consistently told competitors and coaches and people in our you know fitness world, you're you're a competitor going to a show, you know, show up early, help the promoter, um, you know, help them put out chairs, tape the floors, do something. Hey, hey, I'm here early. Like, what can I do to help? Like, get to know people. Uh, coaches that I say go to science conferences, go to places where you can meet other people and be that person staying late, helping them clean up. Like, why would I say that? Because when it's somebody I want to succeed and I'm prompting them to go be intentionally good, it's to build connections, it's to make friends. And, you know, I hope that's not like not who you are, like you're really a serial killer asshole and you're just pretending to be good. But I think for most people, and when you look at the anthropology of this and how even different primate troops and so forth change with their leadership with alpha male and civic structure literally even within primate groups like all of that matters you, you create this culture it, it's about creating that that persona for you that then changes other people and i'm telling you man when you're that person who just walks around being positive and intentionally good for people it makes you want to be even better and it makes other people want to reciprocate with you and even to other people it's just literally paying it forward yeah it kind of just builds on itself yeah and then they, i was so i was listening to a podcast earlier this week and granted it, it, it was a hockey podcast so maybe not the most serious thing they were talking to the head coach of, of my favorite team vancouver canucks and talking just about you know more like leadership stuff because i mean you know you it's kind of shifted almost in pro sports so much to where, you know, it used to be so, you know, you know, whips and basically, you know, all this kind of no personal relationships. 
And, you know, it's starting to shift now where, you know, this coach of a, you know, a billion dollar team, you know, this multiple, you know, billion dollar industry, he goes, I I don't go more than two or three days without touching, you know, having a touch point with each player. So, you know, granted, you know, it's about 20 to 23 people, but it kind of, I think, just gives you the sense of like, you know, these are professional athletes, you know, what we think of is the the mental toughest of the toughest and yet they still need that two to three day touch point of like how's it going like how are things doing you doing good and i think just having that leadership and that intentional goodness it was kind of just like a little bit of an eye-opener that you know these type of professional athletes need that if they need it how much more like do we need it where we maybe we haven't had the training we are dealing with maybe a little bit more baggage you know the stressors might be a little bit different but you know, we always come down to, you know, it's your own experience. You can't discount that experience. And so, yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty cool tool and a pretty cool insight into a world where, you know, we just tend to think that they don't have issues mentally and they're, you know, they are the toughest of the tough and, you know, just even a couple of days, you know, ha- needing and having those touch points is still very important. Well, here's how innocuous this can be and yet how meaningful it can be. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story about my wife and myself. And um, it, it's kind of funny in that I'm, I, I often talk about being an introvert and I just, I'm very stoic. Like when you and I are sitting here talking, like I'm looking at you, I I, I can even like, just not even blink for minutes because <laughs> I'm, I don't want to say enraptured, but I'm, I'm really focused and listening and I pay attention well. So I'm really stoic. Yeah. So my wife will tell a joke or something, something that's funny. And she thinks it's funny. And I just don't laugh. And for years, she would get mad at that. And I'd be like, well, it's just not funny. Like, I don't know. We have different. <laughs> Sorry, it's just not funny. Like, and she would get even more angry at that. Right. And then it dawned on me, like, like I am really being an asshole because it doesn't have to be funny for me to laugh. I'm just being generous and a good conversationalist. And I, I'm, I'm I'm making somebody feel good just by laughing, even if I don't feel like laughing. So Tyler, I'm not kidding. Like I had to practice laughing because I'm like, ha ha. Like, you know, like how how do you fake laugh? Um, But now I promise you, like I am one of the most gregarious, hardest laughing people you'll meet. Like in a room, somebody says something, you'll hear me laugh before anybody else. And I've literally, and it's natural now. Yeah. But I, I had to train myself because that is being intentionally good to somebody else, yeah. just like any other emotion or expression. And it just was not in me. And yet I was able to build that. And now it's another validating thing, affirming thing that people yeah. can receive from me that's very intentional, even if it wasn't in the beginning natural. You heard it here, folks. Joe is fake laughing at all of your jokes. It's now not fake. He doesn't think you're funny. (laughs) I just had. So there was I'll finish with this. I I don't remember. I mentioned this in the last podcast, but uh, an Ivy League economist professor guy, he, he mentioned that at a time in his life when everything was falling apart, his wife divorced him, his kids didn't like him anymore. Like he just he had traded his soul for the success of his his career. And he said, at one point when I was in therapy, trying to recover from this and my life was in shambles, he said, it dawned on me that I had not laughed or cried in 14 years. Like I just had not allowed myself to even feel emotion because I was so driven. And it reminded me of this in that I needed to learn how to laugh or I needed to give myself the permission to laugh, 
even if something wasn't just in pure hilarity. Uh, because again, it was like the intent was because I just wanted to be good to somebody else, starting with my wife. You know what? That's always a good place to start. <laughs> well, it's, you know, being intentionally good is like th th this pivots on that word intentional because it's intentional if you weren't naturally just gushing into that act or that thought. You're you're making yourself do that. And that's where it does become just such a habit because there's a reciprocity to that. I start doing that and I see, wow, it really did feel good to that person as it would me. And so then you kind of want to do that more. And pretty soon you're just doing it because now it's natural. You built yeah. that infrastructure into your expression yeah. and it just wasn't there before. It, it is now intentional. Yeah. Just like any habit, you know, that we've talked about on this podcast, training, meal prep, tracking, like sleep, good water, right? Like Oh, it just, it's being intentional about it at first, giving it that time. And yeah, like you said, it's, it eventually just becomes part of who you are and uh, you can move on to the next good thing to, to add to your uh, repertoire of uh, being good. And this is where the reciprocity, you, you nailed it right there. Clients of ours who are trying to lose weight, trying to create these body transformations, improve their health when at a physique or competitive performance sport, when you're good, when you're intentionally good to other people, they will do the same for you. And when you need it most, when you're struggling, when you're just in that grind, like you're going to see a lot more people coming to support you because they care that you're doing something hard and they want to pitch in. You know, that's that intentionality comes back full circle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate uh, you being a springboard in this one, especially since it started with me saying that to you. Tyler, <laughs> I'm always here for that in this That's the best discussion all right all right well, we will see you guys next time in the mind muscle connection